This podcast is brought to you by FanshareSports.com, a website that compiles and curates the weekly recommendations of daily fantasy industry experts for you to gauge which players will be the most popular and which players are going overlooked. Head on over to FanshareSports.com and check it out. All right, all right, all right. The week six ride in NFL DFS podcast is upon us. It was not a great week five on my end. Um, and I'd had a lot of success up until week four. Uh, I'd cashed, I had been profitable in cash weeks one through four. Uh, last week, just was on the wrong side at the wide receiver position. Um, Had no MVS in cash. Uh, When that late news came out, I just didn't... I felt like tinkering my my lineup that I liked at that point wasn't a good idea. Um, He just... His salary was so cheap, he left way too much on the table if I pivoted. So then I'm changing other positions. Even though I knew it was a, a good play... So looking back on it, probably should have tinkered and got him in. Uh, I did get him into a bunch of tournament lineups, obviously, but in cash it was a no-go. Tyler Boyd, interesting. The Bengals kicked A.J. Green into the slot so he would avoid Xavier Howard, which kind of sacrificed Tyler Boyd. Didn't expect that to happen. He did not perform well. And then Doug Baldwin, in a game that I knew the Seahawks would have to be throwing a ton, which they did, and I knew Russell Wilson would probably have a few touchdown passes, which he did. Uh, I figured Doug Baldwin at 5K, who looked pretty good the week before, uh, had seven targets, caught five balls, looked like he was back in regular season form. I just assumed that he was going to uh, get a ton of volume. He saw the first pass of the game. And then he did not get a target after that. Uh, Tyler Lockett and David Moore kind of scooped up all that action. Ruined what was otherwise a great cash lineup. I had Ben and Connor because I knew the Steelers were going to score a ton of points and I wanted to uh, be exposed to all of those points. Uh, I had TJ Yeldon and I had Melvin Gordon and... I'm blanking on who I... Oh, I had the Ravens defense as well. So, really good cash lineup aside from getting only about 13 points from my three wide receivers, and that'll crush you every week. Uh, Even still, though, I I finished just below the cash line. So, it it was a stressful week, 50-50 and double-up-wise. Let's get back at it this week. Quarterback position, I think, is fairly straightforward. There's a game on the board with a 57.5 total. That is the Falcons and the Bucks. I think either quarterback from this game is going to be your cash game quarterback. You can get fancy and potentially use Jared Goff or Cam Newton. They are um, fairly safe plays. Goff, not as much, just because Gurley is a big touchdown vulture, but Cam, for sure, he's... He just he raises his floor so much with his legs, it's hard to ignore that. He had two terrible games this year, and he had 18 fantasy points in both of them just because he is such a threat at the goal line and uh, running the ball. However, 
I think Jameis Winston uh, coming in fairly cheap since it's going to be his first start of the year is not a no-brainer because I could see things going wrong. But at, at his salary, the game projects to be a shootout. You need exposure to this game in your cash lineup. I think he is a great play. And I think Matt Ryan is as well. He is the most expensive quarterback on DraftKings. And here's the thing. The Falcons spread the ball pretty well. Um, and now especially that Calvin Ridley is in the mix and Austin Hooper seems like he might be coming alive. So I think what you could do is roster Matt Ryan naked and get yourself some exposure to the entire Lions, uh, yeah, Lions, the entire Falcons passing attack by just rostering Matt Ryan, and then you don't necessarily have to choose and be right on which pass catcher is going to get the volume. So I think those two guys set up well for cash. Um, at running back, the top is tricky. I really like Christian McCaffrey. There's a huge discrepancy in Carolina's offensive line and Washington's defensive line. Um, Football Outsiders has Carolina ranked as the best offensive line. They are absolutely killing it in uh, converting goal line opportunities and getting first downs on third and fourth and short, keeping the chains moving. So that is huge for extra plays and possessions. Um, and, and you know McCaffrey. He, he has a floor, uh, especially on PPR sites. He's going to catch a few balls no matter what. So I think McCaffrey's a decent play. I also like Melvin Gordon. He, same thing. Um, he's, he's actually not a, much of a yards guy. Uh, hasn't gone over 100 yards a ton of times in his career. But he does get the, uh, the touchdowns and the receptions to, to make his floor really high. I think Gurley's a little hard to get in. 10K on DraftKings. I think it's um, he, he's probably going to be a GPP play for me just because this week's kind of tight with pricing and allotting, allocating 10K for a running back is, is tough. Um, Connor and Mixon are right there too. I think if you if you need to save a couple bucks, I don't mind dropping down to them from McCaffrey and Gordon. They are both going to be workhorses again this week and. I don't really see a reason to uh, get off them. You could poke holes in all those running backs at the top, right? Eckler is going to steal some touches from Gordon. McCaffrey is just not producing touchdowns like he should be. Um, The Steelers passing game could just take over, and Connor could be left in the dust. Same thing for Joe Mixon. So there's all there's holes you can poke in all four of those guys at the top. I would say just pick whichever one or two if you can jam them in. Is your favorite? Mine is probably McCaffrey at this point, just because of his reception floor and the fact that I think Carolina's offensive line is going to have their way with the Redskins' offensive line. Um, you could also drop down to T.J. Yeldon. Now, disclaimer this game is not going to be a fast-paced game like they just played with the Chiefs he's not going to get 10 targets like he did against the Chiefs Uh, he probably will get more carries than he did against the Chiefs Uh, he had 15 carries against the Chiefs he may get more carries however a game against Dallas probably be a little bit more of a of a slugfest and I can see him having you know like 70 yards and two catches and, and really not returning that high six for DraftKings price um but he's still, if we're, if we're looking for volume, which we are in cash games, you can't go wrong 
with TJ Yeldon because he's going to get a lot of it on Sunday. Then I think some value uh, definitely presents itself at the running back position, which it usually doesn't. Uh, first is Naheem Hines. There's a ton of injuries to the Colts. Uh, Hilton is not going to play. Uh, Marlon Mack uh, is not going to play. Eric Ebron right now looks pretty iffy. He's got a ton of injuries. He's probably going to suit up if I had a guess, but it looks like he's he's pretty banged up. So I think uh, Naheem Hines is, is great on PPR sites. Uh, he has a ton of catches in the last two weeks and he even they even ratcheted up his carries last week I think they just don't believe in Jordan Wilkins uh, or Robert Turbin so they're kind of making Hines at least they did last week uh, they gave him the lion's share of the carry so I kind of like Naheem Hines at 5-1 and then the two guys I like in the 4k range Bilal Powell especially if Isaiah Kroll sits I think if Bilal Powell uh gets those 20 touches again this week at 4-5. He's a monster. And then Chris Carson over in Wembley Stadium has been getting the vast majority of the Seahawks carries. Mike Davis is being worked in a little bit, kind of more so at the goal line too, which is a little bit worrisome. But at 4.4K on DraftKings, I really think that he is a decent play too, uh, just based on the fact that he's running really hard. And 100 yards, uh, which is definitely in the question against a, a, a bad Oakland Raiders run defense. 100 yards is, is 13 points on DraftKings with the bonus, and that is a pretty good start at 4.4. At wide receiver, I never allocate a lot of salary to wide receivers. Um, last week, I probably should have allocated it to Adam Thielen and Marquez Valdez scantling but I just the the position is there's so much variance at the position and targets are fluky Uh, sometimes uh, they can be taken away a wide receiver can be taken away by a defense so I I kind of like to stay in the mid-range at wide receiver in cash games and then pay up for those guaranteed touches at running back it's worked four out of five times so far this year, and it's worked basically uh, for the last four years for me in cash games, so I'm going to stick with it. However, that was the that was the caveat. However, Julio Jones this week is tough to ignore at 7-9. I don't know what DraftKings is thinking, uh, pricing the best receiver in the highest game of the week at 7-9. It's he has to have some positive touchdown regression at some point. He's got a history of crushing the Bucks, so I think if and with the with the value at running back that we just mentioned, I think this week is a week that you can actually pay up for Julio um, if you have the the cap space. And if that's the case, I think in in you might want to do the, this is a strategy that I use. Um, to cap the upside and actually cap the downside of my 50-50 and double-up teams, but then um, bake in some upside in my head-to-head teams. Uh, This week it might not be a bad idea to create a head-to-head team with Matt Ryan and Julio uh, to kind of give you a pretty high ceiling to to win a lot of your head-to-heads, but then in 50-50s and double-ups, 
pivot to Winston uh, and Julio so that if uh, Julio has a, a big game but it's all the targets that Matt Ryan really completes or Matt Ryan doesn't have a huge game, he only has like 250 yards and a touchdown, but Julio might be 120 yards in that touchdown. So Julio pays off his salary, but Matt Ryan doesn't. Then you're then you're uh, kind of out of luck there. So limiting the the uh, the downside in your lineups by not stacking in double ups is something that I've done with some success over the years as well. Something to think about. Uh, other receivers that have caught my eye: John Brown at 5,500 leads the entire league in air yards and is ranks third in, hold on, I just got all thrown off here, someone's in my blind side, all right, back on, back on track, he ranks third in uh, market share of air yards in the entire league, I think he has almost half of the Ravens air yards, so he's getting deep shots downfield, not necessarily a cash game play, you would never think of John Brown as a cash game play, right? He is the boomer bust type that you would think is suitable for GPPs. But this year he's actually been extremely consistent, uh, extremely consistent. 14 targets last week, and I think at 5,500, he is a fine play in cash. Uh, And then we have Chester Rogers. Um, Like I said, with Hilton out, with Ebron potentially out, I think it's a not a thin play at all. He's got 11 targets in each of the last two weeks, caught eight of those balls. So I really think that uh, Chester Rogers is a decent play as well. And then as long as Kiki QT is is healthy, I think he's a real part of this offense. Um, got a ton of targets two weeks ago, scored last week. So if you need uh, two cheap receivers, I like Chester Rogers. And Kiki QT, and I think something that, and this is something that TJ Hernandez said, I, I was on the DFS pod on 4 for 4 this week, check that out, uh, but this is something that, that uh, TJ Hernandez said that I think really hits home and rings true. A lot of people are afraid to play these guys like Chester Rogers and Kiki QT because they never heard of them before two weeks ago, so, like, so they think that they can't play them in cash. Um, but when we see, when we, when we can project out solid volume for guys uh, and we know that they're, they're cheap and that they're, they have a really good shot of hitting value, I don't, care, I don't care if their name is Suzanne Summers. I'm playing them in cash. Um, at tight end, I think the chalk is going to be Cameron Brait. We saw how Vance McDonald chalk worked out last week. This week, I think it's a little bit different. Um, Cam Brait without Jordan Howard, or yeah, Jordan Howard, OJ Howard, he's going to soak up a lot of those targets, and uh, Jameis actually loves him in the red zone, I'm not really sure what's happening here, see that's the thing, this is the wild streets here, I don't know what's going on, there's tractor trailers all over the place, hold on one second before I die. All right, so I think Braid's probably going to be your play. Again, if you go, I, I don't really mind pairing up Winston and Braid in cash because you're not allocating a ton of salary. Um, you're, what's that, like 8 or 9K on DraftKings, maybe 10K on FanDuel. 
uh, it's different when it's Matt Ryan and Julio Jones because they're two of the highest priced players at their position. You're allocating a good chunk of your salary to them. That's why that that proposition is risky. But Jamison and Bray is not risky in cash based on the fact that they're both fairly cheap. Um, you could go in Joku. He's seen a ton of targets since ba- Baker Mayfield's in the lineup. Um, even Eric Ebron, if he plays, I know it's kind of nauseating to see him as the top price tight end and actually want to pay up for him at that top price of 5400 on draft king 6500 on FanDuel I believe um, but the fact of the matter is he's just getting so many targets and they're, they're thin at pass catcher so it's really not that bad of a play it just looks it because you're paying all the way up for him and I feel like that's it at tight end. Uh, there is uh, not a ton of, of value at tight end this week. So that will be, and at defense, there's, there's three teams I'm looking at. The Ravens against the Titans. Uh, I think that's probably going to be a sack fest for the Ravens. The Bears at the Dolphins. Bears defensive line has the highest pressure and sack rate. Uh, Miami's offensive line gives up bottom five uh, pressure and sack rate, so that's a no-brainer there. And I also think the Colts are a sneaky defense. They are getting after the quarterback like crazy. Sam Darnold, the rookie, uh, definitely prone to make mistakes. All right, so to recap, the four lock ins that I'm going to give you for cash this week. I'm going to say Matt Ryan... Um, I'm gonna give. I'm, I'm gonna cop out here a little bit. Matt Ryan or Jameis Winston at quarterback. Uh, I'm going to go Bilal Powell if Isaiah Kroll is out. That's a lock him in for sure. Chester Rogers at wide receiver. Um, it's kind of scary that a lot of these plays are coming from the Jets Colts game, but that's okay. Uh, the volume is going to be very concentrated in this game with the injuries. And then at tight end, Cam Bray. Uh, so those will be my four core guys that I think you should build around this week in cash. That'll do it for the week six ride in NFL DFS podcast. Hit me up on Pat James DFS at Twitter. And uh, you can also check out the DFS MVP pod this week uh, with TJ Hernandez, four for four. Uh, I pinch hit for Holden Kushner. Uh, had fun with TJ, talked for a good hour about the entire week's slate. Check me out over there. Uh, I'll, I'll be tweeting out all my articles, etc. Good luck in week six. Don't let small minds convince you that you can't win big GPPs. See you guys.